When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. Welcome back to According To. For this week's episode, we are going to be delving into the world of moral dilemmas. I was actually, because I was the one that kind of suggested this this idea, I was watching Good Mythical Morning um, before I was getting ready for class, as I do, and they recently did an episode where they did an episode on moral dilemmas and what they would pick and then how they do it on their show is you have to pick what the audience thinks you would pick or what they would pick, and then they, like, had milkshakes in their video, and, like, if it didn't match, then it was a gross milkshake, and if it did match, then it was like, it tasted good. If that and made no sense to you, you should watch it. There was one video. specific one that we'll start with because that was the kind of the thing that inspired this whole idea for us to do, like, a whole episode on it. Um, we're going to start with our weekly spotlights, and then we're going to just talk about a bunch of that a bunch of things that we looked up sierra did a bunch of hers from reddit i might have a couple from reddit because that's where i started looking and then i got bored of looking at reddit so i went and just searched the internet in general and we'll just see how many we get through you guys can kind of think along with us and if you don't know what a moral dilemma is or sometimes they're called ethical dilemmas it's when you're faced with an issue that you have to intervene to usually make a better decision but like you're then putting harm directly onto someone else or like that's just like a basic example there's like a couple different ways they work or a lot of the times the situation is just like not as clear-cut as you you know usually think of problems being Mm -hmm. usually there's a right and wrong answer but that's not always the case and that's what these problems attempt to solve also fun fact we're we're recording this episode in my closet because um, there's construction going on, so hopefully, hopefully there's no issue or anything. Sometimes trains will go by too. You never know, really. But we were recording this after our class because we were going to try and record this yesterday. We were sitting in my room, patiently waiting for all the noise to stop. But there was like there was reverse sounds going on with like trucks around, and just like was not working. So we're like, okay, um, we'll try tomorrow, and we have to do it today because today is Wednesday. This goes up tomorrow, but it sounds pretty quiet so far. I think so. Hopefully you guys think so too. All right, let's get started with our weekly spotlight. I'll go ahead and go first. My weekly spotlight is that so far my weekends have been absolutely like school free for the most part, which is usually never the case. That's like so insane. Like I think hopefully at the end of the semester I was thinking um, because spring break is a good like in between midway through the semester kind of thing. So it's like that's what I'm looking forward to right now. And it really is like that's close. Like we're already like in the middle of February. I just realized that. We are just over a month away from spring break, and, like, that's, like, the midway point. So I think I was kind of just trying to think ahead of, like, how many exams does that mean I have until, like, spring break? And I was like, okay, I think I have – I might be wrong, but I think I have five or six exams, three of which are going to be human growth and motor development, which is, like, a class where I feel like I really can do well in the exams. And, like, it hasn't been stressful. Like, our first one is tomorrow. And we've been chilling. And we've been just, like – the studying hasn't even been that intense because we've been staying on top of it so well. So I'm like, okay, if three of them are like that, then like that's not even bad. And then we have an anatomy exam, which, you know, we'll a have to that one, but. work a little harder on that one. And then a biostats exam, which I don't know even what that means. But um, I'm just kind of like, maybe this semester won't even be that bad. Like we've already, like this is the third week of classes. We're kind of staying on top of stuff like, okay, heading into our first exam, you know? So I'm just like, this might be a rather chill semester. Because, um, like, the workload as far as outside of stuff or outside of class stuff has not been difficult at all. Yeah. So, hopefully, that reigns true for the rest of the semester. My weekly spotlight, this is going to sound sponsored, but it's not. So, I was on TikTok and I think that's where I found this, but I just bought a Revlon One Step hair dryer, or it's called something like that. And I kept seeing it on TikTok, and everyone was, like, saying, like, this is how I do my hair. And then I was like, why do I keep seeing this? And everyone, like, that used it, like, loved it. So I started looking up YouTube reviews on people using it and selling their hair. And, like, every single person loved it. And I was like, this seems, like, really good for me and, like, something that I would actually use. So I went and got it at Target, and it was, like, $35-ish. And I was like, okay, that's not horrible. And I've used it twice now. And you guys, 
I really, really like it. I've so. also used it, and I really like it as well because I feel like it's, you know, it's kind of like, if you don't know what it is, it's essentially a rolling brush, but with, like, a blow dryer yeah. in it, I guess. And so I'm not the best at using it. Like, some people can, like, make it look like they just got a blowout, but I'm just kind of, like, you know, I use it, and my hair gets rather straight, and then I can kind of, like, style the ends a little bit. But then, since I shower every other day, usually, it's, like, then my hair is, like, good. If I style it, like, yesterday, for example... I went and worked out in the morning, I came back here before class, and I showered, like, got my hair wet and everything, so before going to class the next during the day, I had my hair all done, and I did it, and then I woke up this morning, and it just, like, looks good, and then I don't shower again until probably, like, tomorrow after class, so it's, like, that's, like, three days worth of, like, styling my hair, where it only took, like, it takes me 25-ish minutes to fully dry my hair and use it, so it's, like, more effort than I put in for blow-drying it, but if it lasts three days of styling for my hair, like, that's pretty good, and I'm not going to do it every single time I am done showering, but I've really enjoyed it, and I also, when I went to Target to get that, I got a leave-in conditioner. I don't even remember the brand. I just kind of found a random one, and I've been putting that in my hair before doing that, and when it's still damp, and I'm just like, my hair has not been this soft in so long. Part of that is because styling, it takes frizz out of your hair, and so my hair is like a little frizzy, so by styling it, I'm probably damaging it a little bit more, but it feels better. So yeah, I've just been like, I feel more put together, even though I'm not really putting in that much more effort, and I've been enjoying it thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that I've been really liking it, again, it's not sponsored, but... I know, this sounds so sponsored. I'm just giving you an honest product (laughs) recommendation. Um, I have shorter hair, and when I let my hair, like, air dry naturally, since it kind of sits on my shoulders, it sort of gets, like, that flare out, so I don't really like that. So when I use the styler, I can blow dry it and then kind of like roll the ends inward, if that makes sense, which I just think looks a lot better. So that's why I've been really liking it. All right. So anything else we want to recap on? Let's see. Last weekend, we went to um, the men's gymnastics meet at Iowa, which I did not know that we were ranked so highly. Like, I think our team, when I looked it up, it said that we have like the number 10 gymnastics team in the NCAA. And I was like, what? Like Which we did is get- weird because we went to the Big Ten Championship last year because it was in Iowa City, and we got last place yeah. in the Big Ten. And so I was just like, we're really, like, I don't know, we were number 10, like, in the whole country. We did win the meet, so, like, we did well. I was just like, I didn't know we were such a gymnastics school for men's gymnastics, but it was good. I actually kind of prefer, this is, like, so shocking to me, I kind of prefer going to the men's meets over women's meet, over women's meets. I just feel like it's, like, more low-key, less people are there, and... I just feel like I've seen women's gymnastics all the time, and so it's kind of fun to go watch, like, all the other events that I never usually see. I obviously like going to women's gymnastics, but, like, that's what everyone wants to go see, and so, like, it's so much more crowded, and I don't know. So, just if you uh, haven't checked out men's gymnastics, it's kind of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And then on Friday, we went and grabbed dinner with our friend Abby, went to Applebee's, and they also had, on TV, there was, like, the Iowa versus Penn State wrestling match so that was on and i don't watch wrestling i don't get it but we do have the number one wrestling school at least right now so it's a big wrestling school yeah number one versus number two iowa versus penn state and so i was like just kind of watching because you know i'm a big hawkeye fan so uh we left when the score was 13-3 penn state and i was like "Ooh, there's no way we're gonna come back from that and then I didn't keep up with it because, again, I don't really care about wrestling but when i looked at it later like it popped up in my feed or something we had won so i was shocked that that happened (laughs) Anyway, a lot of Hawkeye sports going on. Go There's Hawks, a little baby. roundup if you uh, do or do not care. <laughs> I think that, so let's start with the one on Good Mythical Morning. They obviously did multiple in their episode, but we're just going to do the one that I thought I would have easily picked a different answer than that than what they picked. I don't remember it exactly, but all I know one of the options, and then the other one is like, I'm not sure if it's exactly what the option was, but it's the same idea. So the first thing that we're going to do is you have to decide between... Like, curing a disease, I think that that's kind of what it was. And then the other option is you... Sorry, let me paraphrase. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. So you can either say technology has to stop. Like, we can't develop any more technology at all. how I would say it. You have the option to... It was more than just eradicate one disease. It was something much greater than that. Okay. I don't remember what it was. But you have to press a button and, like, something really good happens. I don't remember what it was. But it had to do with disease. From the time that you press that button, there cannot be any future technological advancements. And so they were discussing this. Would you press the button? So they were discussing this, and in my head, I thought about it for like two seconds, and I was like, I would not press the button. Like I was just like, technology is like so important, and you've already like 
advanced technology so much in the past however many years. It's like we are already curing diseases or like solving problems. Like that's how you do stuff. That's how you solve problems. And so I was like, I would not press the button. Like easy decision. And then they were talking and they were like, well, we're probably fine with our iPhone X, X's, whatever they are. And if we could solve, I wish I could remember specifically, I probably should have just like looked that up quickly, but I don't. If we could just like solve the other problem, then like we're fine with where we're at now. And I understand like that sentiment of like, you don't need more technology if you don't like realize you're missing it, you know? But at the same time, that's probably what they would have thought 50 years ago. And then look at where we're at now. But then here's the next thing. Imagine, because I'm with you, I would say you don't press the button. What would people do? Exactly. Like what would engineers do? They're out of a job. Like everyone, like so much of people's jobs is focusing on and what do we do next. Future. And then also in the comments, a lot of people brought up, you know, even though it's more gruesome, it's like stuff like that is what helps solve overpopulation issues. You know, people have to die. We can't just leave everyone so that everyone's living on earth. And then, and then you don't have the technology. Exactly. That's what one of the comments was compensate saying. Compensate for that issue. So I would say you can't press the button because a lot of these have to do with like something could like something really good could happen. But then, like, something bad also has to happen, and it's like, or you just keep things as they are. And I tend to err on the side of I know. keeping I'm things kind of as like, they are. If that's how we're living right now anyways, then odds are it's fine. So, do you want to start us on one of the ones you found, yeah. here? So, the ones on Reddit were more, like, the posters were, ha- like, were having personal, like, actual moral, moral dilemmas. So, these aren't so much, like, you know, a huge what-if scenario. A lot of these are really, like, relatable, which I think will be helpful for kind of, like oh, like, this could actually happen, so what would you do? So, here is the first one that I found from Reddit. If you lost a receipt and the store won't accept accept exchanges, but you needed to get a different size shirt than the one that you bought, how wrong is it to wear your shirt under a jacket into the store and do a size swap on the tags and put your shirt back on the rack and leave leave with the correct size? Hmm. I feel like, in general, it sounds wrong because... If it's not allowed and you're doing something that isn't allowed, then I don't know. But I also am kind of like, they're not doing... It's like no, no harm, no foul, right? Yeah. You know? I'm saying it's not something that I would probably do because I'd be like, too scared to do that probably. But like, I also don't think it's a horrible thing to do. You're giving them a shirt and that you paid you the price wear. already. Yeah. Like, you already paid for it. And then also, what if someone, like, someone else could come in and like want the size that you just had and now they don't, like, if you still had it because you didn't return it then they wouldn't be able to get their size. Like, they probably would still sell that shirt, like, the same as before. Um, I mean, I would say, honestly, it's fine. You paid for a shirt, and you get the shirt that you, you know, paid for, essentially. I don't know. I still have, like, a hard time being like, yes, you can do that. Like, I know it's not that big of a deal because you, like, could have just gotten that shirt. No like, you could have just gotten that shirt in the first place. And, like, it would have been the exact same scenario. And also, like, what kind of store doesn't accept exchanges? Like, that's on the store. Yeah. I think that... Like, again, personally, I'd probably be too I afraid to do, do it. it. <laughs> but, like, if someone told me that they did that, I'd be like, okay. You know. Yeah. You're not a horrible person. I think... Sierra's already heard this one. I thought it'd be good. And most of you probably have heard this, but I wanted to start it off as, like, the classic moral dilemma. Trolley problem? This is the trolley problem. Okay, if you haven't heard it, then... Buckle up. Buckle up. So, a trolley... This is just a train, essentially. Whatever. A trolley is running out of control down a track. In its path are five people who have been tied to the track by a mad philosopher. This is, like, presented in different scenarios sometimes, but... Five people in one path. Train is coming towards it. Fortunately, you could flip a switch, which would lead the... which would lead the trolley down a different track to safety. Unfortunately, there's a single person tied to that track. Should you flip the switch or do nothing? Because a lot of people will look at this problem and say easily that they would flip the switch because if you're looking at just lives lost, it's going to be losing one life versus losing five lives. So therefore, you're, you're kind of theoretically saving four people, if that makes sense. But at the same time, it's kind of like you're giving yourself like a god complex almost of like deciding who gets to live and who gets to die. And so that's really where this becomes more of an issue, I think. I know that if, like, if I were to somehow be in this situation, I wouldn't flip a switch. I know. Like, as horrible as that sounds, because... Which, uh, fun fact, if you want to see a real-life carryout of the trolley problem, Vsauce, he did this whole series on YouTube. It was part of YouTube Premium, but I think it was this good. episode's I free. loved his series. Yeah. 
highly recommend watching it if you haven't. And, like, I think some of it's free now. But they essentially did a real-life trolley problem where they're kind of like, oh, here's, like, this look around the train. You know, here's the camera set up. This is how you flip the switch. And we'll be back in five minutes or whatever. And they can see, like, a train coming, blah, blah, blah. They have to make the choice or not. And most of them don't. You know why? Because you can't, like, you can't get yourself to flip that switch knowing that you just made the decision that someone died. And I know a lot of people argue that, you know, complacence is also a decision by, like, not doing something. You are making that choice. But I still, like, don't think that. I kind of feel like there's no, like, you can't mess with what was going to happen when it's, like, a tragic accident like that. Well, it's not an accident. The philosopher killed them. Well, this one's, and, like, Vsauce's thing, it was, like, just set up random people. Like, they weren't tied to the track or anything. They just, like, weren't seeing the train coming, you know? Um, I just, I don't think you can flip the switch. I think that if you made the decision to flip the switch, then it's almost like, I think I might have a scenario later on, too, where it's, like, you almost have to think of yourself as, like, you're murdering that person. Like, you intentionally decide that person's going to die, and, like, would that, like, would that not be you killing them? And, like, could you get in trouble for doing that? Yeah, I don't like, know. That's a good question. Could it someone is. get in trouble for doing that legally? Probably. Like, don't you think? Probably. Like, I would say they could get charged with murder if they did that. I don't know if a jury would find them guilty because maybe they'd be like, no, they saved four people. Or, like, they saved the other five. Like, maybe a jury wouldn't find them guilty. I don't know. This one's definitely a tricky one. I definitely don't think there's, like, a clear-cut answer. A lot of people argue for, like, saving, you know, the many. If you watch Good Mythical Morning, Rhett says, like, I think all the time. Them. Like, that they would choose, like, the greater good, which in this case would be saving the five people, like, no matter what. And I do understand that. I just, I don't think that it, I don't agree with it. Like, I wouldn't agree with it. So, Mm -hmm. that was the first one. All right. So, next one. I haven't fully read this, so hopefully it makes sense. (laughs) Um, The overall statement is, should I pay rent when I didn't move in? I have a little bit of a moral dilemma. I've recently been looking for a new place to live in the area near my university, but as with everything in the city, things have been rather expensive. A few months ago, I went to see an apartment rather far away from me, but the rent was really good. However, upon sitting on it for a few months, I decided the apartment space was not for me. I would have to share a bedroom, and the house was farther away from my school than my current housing. About one week before the move-in day, I let my ex-potential roommates know that I would not be moving in. I didn't sign a contract, but I decided to pay the first month as means of an apology for the last-minute wait. However, in this past week, I have received a message asking for the next month's rent. I feel bad as I might have kept someone from the spot who would have been in January. Uh, However, I did not want to feel morally, I guess, obligated to cover another month month of rent in the apartment, especially since I never signed a contract and have already paid a month of rent. So, hold on. It's, couldn't they just find someone to fill the spot? I'm assuming that they probably are, but maybe, like, they haven't, the roommates haven't found someone yet. I think this is easy. I think that the first month, they didn't even have to do, but since it was so late notice, I think it was nice of them to do because there really was no way that they were probably going to find a roommate to cover, and, like, those roommates, even if it wasn't a signed contract, were thinking all of them would be going in on rent. So I think that that's fair, and that the roommates, whether or not they asked for it, like, they could have, and maybe should have expected it. I think they probably deserve that, yeah. Second month, even though it's annoying, I think if the roommates want to ensure that they're only paying what they thought they were going to, you have to work harder on getting a roommate. And, like, that's on them, and that's yeah. their job. I think as much as it sucks for the roommates, like, I agree with that. I think There's always, like, roommate scenarios. Like, yeah. I feel like that's There's what a time. lot of moral dilemma stuff is. And, like, especially in college, like, so many people have roommate issues. So many people are trying to sublease or move out because there's conflicts. And then it's, like, who pays what? How do you cover your bills? And, like, all of that stuff. Groceries, it's, like, people get mad about people eating people's food that they bought. It's all over the place. Yeah. But, I mean, I definitely, like, think the person probably should have let them know sooner than one week before moving because like how like if you thought about it for like months and you decided just before like that's kind of on them but also like they did cover the first month it's already been we can like assume a month since they moved in and they still haven't found someone and they didn't sign a contract which like I know it's annoying because it's like you think that when you're just rooming with your friends or like people that you know you don't have to like make a contract but they're not obligated to. to do anything else so I guess they're fine. All right. This one's somewhat different. It's more so like you're going to, I'm going to read the scenario and then you have to just kind of reason why you did what you did. So you're on a cruise line far from land and the ship starts to think, starts to sink. It thinks. (laughs) It thinks. 
You are now treading in the water as lifeboats are quickly being filled up. Luckily, you are able to find the last lifeboat and get on. There are still two. There are still two more spots left, but unfortunately you see people still in the water. There is an elderly man, a young boy, a sailor who can navigate the sea, a pregnant woman in her second trimester, and a doctor. You are far from the shoreline, with no sense of direction of where to go. You also feel sick. Which two people do you choose? So it's just like, you pick who you choose and why. This is easy for me. <laughs> Alright, um, I think this is who I would, I have who I would pick. Child and pregnant mother. That's, That's who I would pick too. Pick. I think the it's pregnant like the Titanic says, women and children first, my friends. Yeah. Especially, like, the pregnant woman does kind of count as, like, two people, and she's in, like, a very vulnerable state. I just feel like that's an easy pick. I like, you're like, saving two for one yeah, people. Yeah, Two for one deal. Also, I think that the you feel sick thing is supposed to make you, like, it's supposed to get a sense of, like, how selfish you are. I, I think, think that. I think the doctor thing really matters, honestly. I don't think it does either, really. What's a doctor going to do with no supplies, and you're feeling sick, and, like, how are they going to diagnose you, you know? Yeah. And then the elderly man, again, is probably, like, do you feel bad for the person who's, like... You have to go with... I've always said you have to go with the youngest people who have the most life to live in that sort of scenario. And then with the captain, like, if the ship is sinking, there's going to be rescuers coming out anyways. Like... Yeah. And, like, then I kind of feel like then he should have the most kind of capability to handle himself. Like, you would have learned how to survive, like, a ship sinking. Um, And then... Yeah, we already talked about the doctor, talked about the child sailor. for sure gets on. Like, you could maybe make cases for, like, the other people. I don't really think that you could argue against a pregnant woman getting on. Yeah, like, I kind of feel child like... for sure gets on. I'd agree. Let us know if you guys agree with that, too, or if we were reading this and you're like, I would have picked this other person because... Or maybe you're focused on your own survival and you say doctor and captain. I could see people, like, yeah. you know... I mean, fear. I could, too, yeah. But I just yeah, like, like, I want to live. Because if and you captain. pick them, that would probably be your best way out. But if you're already on the raft... You're like, you're bound to get rescued yeah. sometime. Yeah. All right, this next one is, again, another, like, personal moral dilemma, so. Uh, the overall statement is, this is, like, worded weirdly. Organize a car purchase I want that my parents wouldn't approve of? Question Some of those on Reddit, people had the weird subject <laughs> lines. I was getting so confused trying to, like, figure, figure out what out. ones I should click on yeah. to figure out. So, I'm in high school, and I obviously am very attracted to cars and the like. I have a car, an old truck belonging to a deceased relative. My parents specifically said they would not approve them buying a sports car for me, but that I can make my own decisions when I go to college slash move out. I used an app and found a car. I am in... I don't know if they speak English as a first language. I think they said they found a car that they're into, and it's a muscle car, whatever that means. And they're wondering if it would be possibly okay to work out a deal to have the seller let them buy it without their parents' knowledge... Um, maybe see if the seller would hold onto the car for a fee until I'm independent and can then take ownership and begin payments. Can you summarize what that said? (laughs) Basically, they're saying their parents don't, his parents don't want him to buy a muscle car. Okay. Or, like, they're not going to buy him one. And he can make choices for what he wants to buy when he moves out. So would it be okay for him to purchase this car without his parents' knowledge? Is it his money? That's what, here, I think it comes down to who's buying it. He made it sound like he was buying it. Who's but they were insurance just, on it. Oh, okay. I, I see. So, like, he wouldn't be using it until he was older? He just wouldn't tell He them. said that could be a possible deal that he works out, is, like, paying a small fee and then buying it when he moves out to, like, kind of keep it. Hmm. I think, so, if he's paying for the car itself, I think he could buy it no matter what. He wouldn't be able to drive it, though, if his parents aren't paying insurance on it. And that's their, like, that's up to them because that's their money. It's his money. It's their money. That's yeah. kind of, like, how I think it works. Therefore, when he's older, although wouldn't they, like, be done paying his car insurance when he's older, too? Couldn't he just, like, get his own car insurance now? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think, <clears throat> ultimately, yes, he can purchase the car, like, in full if he's paying for it. Then it comes to, okay, you need insurance to drive a car. So if his parents are paying insurance and, like, they're like, I'm not paying for insurance for this car, you're out of luck. They're not going to pay for it. And, like, that's why he wouldn't, like, shouldn't maybe, like, buy it because if they're going to be like, no, you can't drive it. You know, unless he just wants to get his own insurance, then... hmm Yeah. That's how I would say it ultimately comes down to who's paying for what. Yeah. All right. I need to start looking at more, but I have, like, one more. Or wait. Yeah. I thought I screenshotted more than this. This is another lifeboat one. Oops. I think I have a good one next. Okay. This is the overcrowded lifeboat. This is one that's not on Reddit. It's just another theoretical that you might have heard of or not. In 1842, a ship, 
struck an iceberg, and more than 30 survivors were crowded into a lifeboat intended to hold seven. As a storm, Holy crap. As a storm threatened, it became obvious that the lifeboat would have, would have to be lightened if anyone were to survive. The captain reasoned that the right thing to do in the situation was to force some individuals to go over the side and drown. Oh, Such an action, he reasoned, God. was not unjust to those thrown overboard, for they would have drowned anyway. If he did nothing, however, he would be responsible for the deaths of those whom he could have saved. Some people opposed the captain's decision. They claimed that if nothing were done and everyone died as a result, no one have no one would be responsible for these deaths. On the other hand, if the captain attempted to save some, he could possibly he could do so only by killing others, and their deaths would be his responsibility. This would be worse than doing nothing and letting them all die. The captain rejected this reasoning, since the only possibility for rescue required great efforts of rowing. The captain decided that the weakest would have to be sacrificed. In this situation, it would be absurd, he thought, to decide by drawing lots who would be sh- thrown overboard. As it turned out, after days of hard rowing, the survivors were rescued and the captain was tried for his action. This is why I was saying earlier how, like, I thought I had one like this. If you had bet on the jury, how would you have decided? Hmm. So if I was on the jury, I'd have to decide if he's guilty. I think I know how I would decide, but I'll let you I mean, through it first. Okay. I think there's a legal side and a moral side to this. I think legally he is responsible for his actions because he literally said, get off. You're going <laughs> to die. Yeah. But, like, morally I can kind of see, like, where he's coming from. I think legally, again, same. But I feel like even morally, like, this is the other kind of god complex scenario where like if you're not having people willing to get off the lifeboat themselves in order to sacrifice themselves for the good of others then you're just in a like in a scenario where you're out of luck like sorry but you just have to stay on the lifeboat unless people jump off or otherwise and hope that you're the last one on yeah i mean i think same thing you kind of can't have like that god complex like imagine Again, I know this is just a scenario, but, like, imagine you're the person that's like, okay, get off. You're like, up, oh, shoot. Like, everyone else gets to live. That sucks for and me. And I have to die just because you said so. So, yeah, I guess you just kind of go with it. Keep everyone on. I think that's how I tend to be in these scenarios, though, where it's like, you can't just decide, even though fewer lives are lost, that this is who gets to die and this is who gets to live. Yeah. I don't feel like that's fair, because it's not fair. He literally picked the people that were the weakest. And it wasn't just like, spin the bottle, you jump off, which still is like not yeah, not good. All right, this next one, again, another personal one from Reddit. So, subject line is, offered to carry a guy in a wheelchair up a flight of stairs. <laughs> so, short story, but an elevator stopped working in our basement study area at our university, and the guy must have waited like an hour for it to get repaired. I was nearby studying, kind of watching the whole thing. He was about young 20s like me. I didn't want to insult the man's dignity, but at the same time, if he had somewhere urgently to go, he might have accepted it. I'm a strong guy, so carrying him was not an issue for me, but I didn't want to be insensitive. So, would it have been okay for him to go and ask if the guy wanted to be carried up the stairs? I was only half listening because I'm, like, trying to find another thing. Like, was he strolling at all? Did you say that? Or was he just offering to carry the guy up the stairs? Did you not hear any part of that? He was... <laughs> read the beginning again. The elevator broke in their basement of the study area of their university. Okay. So he had to wait an hour for it to get repaired. Oh. Uh. So the guy was saying, would it have been insensitive to offer to carry the guy up the stairs? Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's, like, a better way to word that question than being, like... I think... Here's... Because I was kind of thinking this yesterday. I feel like if you worded the question, not just, can I carry you up the stairs, that there could be a good way of saying it. I think so, too, because, like, that's really inconvenient if there's no other way for them to get upstairs. Like, and maybe you could say hour. it, like, how would you ask I feel this? like I have an idea of what you could go up and say. You could go up and be like, hey, like, do you have anywhere that you have to, like, really get to? Like, are you really, like, in a hurry to leave? Because mm-hmm. maybe they'll be like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm waiting. You know, it's no big deal. Yeah. But then if they're like, I mean, I kind of had to, like, go somewhere, you could be like, I really, really do not mean to, like, insult you, but. I think I could, but then there's also like legal troubles. Like imagine yeah, if they dropped them or something. Exactly. That's also like not how good. much, how far up the stairs? Like but how many just flights a are we talking? That then the person could consider and make the decision for themselves. Yeah. I think that with appropriate lead-in, and not just saying "Can I carry you up the stairs," and obviously not like trying to pressure the person at all into either answer. Like not trying to insult them. They're trying to make their life easier. Yeah. You know? And I totally would accept, like, if the person in the wheelchair was like, no, thank you, that's totally fine. Yeah. But, like, 
just trying to offer yourself, like, there's a ton of stuff, I feel like, where people tend to insult people in wheelchairs by, like, you know, rushing in front of them to, like, push the door open, that kind of thing, but I just feel like this is genuinely, like, someone trying to be, like, you have no other option except to, like, mm-hmm. wait an hour unless I do this. Yeah. Again, a little tricky, but... If anyone else has any other other ways to ask if they have, like, this is what they would think would be appropriate or if you're like, that's not appropriate at all. But yeah, I read this and I was like, interesting. This one, I haven't read full, fully through. I think I read it for the most part yesterday. Um, and I feel like the answer is easy, but I did kind of have like a follow-up question that I could probably ask Haley because she's in human resources, but I'm just going to ask you guys instead. All right, so this is, should I tell my boss a potential hire is pregnant? I had that one next. Oh, really? Okay. So the retail store I work at has a I hard a strong time. strong opinion about this. The retail store I work at has a hard time keeping a third person on. We're in the process of hiring, and a girl I used to work with asked me to put in a good word, which I did because I think she'd be a good fit and has the right mindset for specialized sales we deal with. I follow her on social media, but haven't seen her post slash paid attention in a while. Of course, after chatting, I took a look and after... I took a look and found out that she's pregnant. It's a fairly dramatic situation, and she's had a difficult life even prior to this. It's important to me that we hire someone who's going to stick around as it obviously affects my life having to cover shifts. I also vouched for her because I know because I knew and d- don't want my boss think I was being to think I was being sneaky. Um, so I should I tell my boss that she's pregnant. And yeah, that is the question. What's your thought before I say mine? Well, I know that you can't discriminate it's illegal based on that. being like someone being pregnant. Like that's illegal, so you can't. Therefore, he has absolutely no business telling his boss that she's pregnant or otherwise. But my question is I know you can't discriminate for someone being pregnant, but if you're trying to hire a, for a job, this is like why I have a question that I'm sure I'll go ask Kaylee like right after this, how they go about doing this for like actually hiring people, because it's like if she's qualified, like then, you're maybe saying like, maybe she's you're like, not discriminating, but like what if you like just you, went a different direction? Like what if you need someone to like be around and like working? You're hiring someone for them to like be ready right then, but then in a month they're going to be on leave for three months, you know, and then it's like you have to get a fill in immediately. And I know, like, you can't discriminate, so that's why I'm, like, I'm sure I'm going to go ask Haley after this, because I'm sure there's, like, an appropriate way to work around this. But it's, like, how can you say you are going to hire someone else, because they're still qualified. You hire them, and then you just get a temp. Problem solved. Well, I know, but I'm saying, theoretically, they hired the one person, now they're going to have to have a temp for three months. Yeah, but if they think that she's going to be better long-term, then what's the issue? And, like, you literally can't discriminate against someone for being pregnant. It is against the law. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else to uh, say about that? No. Do you have other ones then? Because that was the one I just looked up. Oh, yeah. I have way more. Okay. Then you keep going, and I'm going to keep searching for more. Okay. This one, like most moral dilemmas, can get kind of dark. So this one is only slightly dark, but it is related to shootings, so be aware. Trigger warning for anyone. Um, So this is a dark, thankfully unlikely scenario. I had this thought while at a movie. Suppose I'm near the front of the theater and several rows of children are behind me. A person with a gun comes in and starts shooting. Is it right to just make a break for the emergency exit, or am I morally obligated to try and save some of the children? Hmm. It is. I feel like first instinct, first instinct for me, save yourself, would be run. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you don't know the kids. Like, I'm just being honest. I would run. I know, I'm being completely honest, too. Like, that's what I would do. But let's not talk about, like, what we would do. What would be the morally correct thing to do in a best-case scenario? Do we know the proximity of <laughs> where the gun, like, where the gunman's at? Where are we? Where are the kids? Where's the exit? I don't know. They said the exit was up front. They're by the exit, and the kids are a few rows back. So I assume if it's, like, most movie theaters, you have to, like, you'd have to go through. back yeah. to get the kids and then back around. Hmm. I just... I think you're almost... You're putting, I think it'd be really hard to get everyone out safely to do that. Like, I think you're putting yourself in more danger, and you're not necessarily helping the kids And my question is, like, how much are you speeding up the process? Like, do kids really need to be, like, drug, dragged out? Plus, everyone in that situation would be so confused. How do they know that you're a good guy, bad guy? Like, probably no one's trusting anyone, I feel like. So I just, like, you don't know what they're going to think, and I don't know. I think that... I wouldn't expect someone, and I don't think you have to say, 
Like, it is moral to do that, but I don't think it's immoral to not do that. Yeah, I think you have to think of, like, when these scenarios happen and there's some sort of hero that pops out, they're a hero that's because like, most people wouldn't yeah. do that. That's like a, like that you're an scenario. exceptional person in that case. Very you know morally I mean? uh, correct person. But again, like you said, I don't think anyone would be expected to. I don't think anyone would necessarily look down upon you for doing that. So, but it is a tough question. You do another one. I'm going to read one that I think I might be able to do, but I'm just not ready for it yet. Okay. Uh, this one has a long story, but I think I'll just read the first thing because I get the gist of it. Would it be wrong to take a bike left in my apartment complex's basement if it's been there untouched for over a year and a half? I believe the original owners have moved out. I oh, think, I think I saw that too. If it hasn't been touched for a year and a half, take it. Sometimes, you guys, when me and Sierra, so our freshman year, there's a building on campus called the IMU. It's essentially just like, there's a bunch of different stuff there that students go for. And there's bike racks everywhere because people bike on campus. And I'm not kidding, for like a year and a half, at least a year, but like I swear it was a year and a half, there was the same yellow bike that never once moved from that spot ever. Like, it was just there all the time. And like, at first I was kind of like, okay, it's maybe a coincidence. Like, maybe that's just like Someone part of like here. their routine, like their schedule, they work here, whatever, they bike. And so like, it makes sense for their bike to be here. But it would be like through sun, rain, snow, like it was there all the time. And so I was kind of like, oh my gosh, someone needs to just come take this bike. I feel like if a bike is there for that long, I kind of don't know like what I would say. So then the question is, when does a bike become fair game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it hasn't moved, I'd say a month. If it hasn't moved for a month and it's in I'd like say a public setting, or in this case, like three months. Okay, why three months? I don't know. I just feel like a fourth of a year, that's a and good... That doesn't include the winter, though. Obviously, no one's going to use a freaking bike in the winter. Yeah. Um, it has to be during a... But they said this bike has been in there for a year and a half. Like At that point, like, no one's missing it. Exactly. You know? Like, it might be stealing, but also, like, no one's using it. I think it's not necessarily moral, but and it is still stealing. But it's also, like, probably not the, the no harm, thing. no foul exactly. kind of stealing. Like, if we're being realistic, I guess. I don't know. Um, okay, here's one that... Okay, I think this will be fine, but I haven't finished reading the ending. So this says drug screening. I work for a company that does random drug screening. Our company also depends greatly on survey reviews. Two patients came into the clinic today, and they were just everyday normal people. Both of the urine specimens were too hot, so it was clear that they were using fake urine. I told them both, hey, you're going to get a survey after you leave, and you're going to give me a 10 out of 10, and this is why. I gestured to the temperature sticker on the outside of the cup and said it's too hot normally in this situation. I would have to notify your employer and make you retake it, but I didn't see anything, so your company will get the results today. I think they're saying that. So what it sounds like they're saying is that they will help them fake their drug screening if they give them a 10 out of 10. How much, like, why would they do that for a 10 out of 10 on a survey? Yeah, does that matter? Give does me that 10, 10 out of 10, out of 10 really? Right um, I don't have a question in this, but I guess. I'd say no. I'm just confused because, again, like the companies I didn't are hiring you that. to do a service, and you're literally going against the point of that service. And then you're having them give you a 10 out of 10 for, for how great your no service, reason. for how great the service is for, like, the drug screening, but clearly then you're not. not doing well. So I think that, why would they put this on Reddit and be like, did I do a good thing? Is this okay? Is this, <laughs> is this okay if I ask them to give me a 10 out of 10? Someone literally commented on that being like, are you asking a question? And then they <laughs> responded saying, no, just sharing. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right, I have another one. If there was a way to stop an uncatchable serial killer from killing by convicting an innocent person of their crimes, would you do it? No. I already saw that, and I was like, easy no. You know why? Because I the lives always of innocent are more innocent valuable. are far more valuable than the lives of the killer. Even if more bad is going to happen, like, you cannot take away someone else's innocence to, like, get that person. And it's I like strongly believe in that. It's like as let things happen the way they I'm are. I'm kind of really realizing how against I am, like, the greater good kind of Me situation. Me like, Because it's like, we are taking away everyone's freedom of having things happen the way they're supposed to happen. I guess I just really like how things work. I just like the way the world's set up right now. <laughs> yeah. I guess. 
like, I understand the point of these, of the moral dilemmas is to make you think, like, should you do this, like, one bad thing so that, like, many can be saved, but, like, I really, like, you're gonna ruin one person's life, and I know, like, that if, like, a serial killer were to keep killing people, obviously, that's a horrible thing, but I just don't think that you can justify it, and other people would say that you can't justify it, and it is justified, but I don't think it is. You're gonna have to keep going, Sierra. This... I'll add a comment that someone added to that. They said, uh, never, I'd rather let 100 guilty men go free than convict one innocent. And I would agree with that. Yeah. Especially when you hear, I just listened to um, My Favorite Murder, which is a podcast that talks about true crime. And the most recent episode episode talks about, you know, they go through and talk about true crime. And they shared, like, two different situations where they had people that were wrongfully convicted. And it was, like, the story of them finally getting out of jail and it's just like those people lost i think in one of like the situations like they were in jail 20 for years or something 18ish years or something and it's like they just lost that like they lost 18 years of their life and some people are in there like for their whole life and like who knows who's innocent and not but i just think that it's like not something that's worth i don't know how i'm wording this i guess but it's just not worth it to, like, have innocent people in jail and in this situation. Like, it's an absolute no for me. Yeah. Um, I have another one that I can save, unless you have one. No, I don't. Okay, still I'm looking. trying to read one. Okay, so this it's one. It's, like, hard because I'm trying to read it while you're also trying yeah, to read your scenario. Uh, better planning for this in the future if you guys like this episode. Uh, this next one is titled, Best Buy Sent Me the Wrong Item. I was expecting a $20 game in the mail today, so naturally, I also expected the package to be small. I ended up opening the door to a bigger package, and the contents inside were not my game. They had sent me the wrong item, and there was no receipt. I looked at the product inside, and it's worth about $130. The dilemma is, I have to fly out of the country for Christmas break tomorrow, and I want to be back for at least a month. I have no car to take this back and return it to Best Buy, and neither do I have the time between now and my flight. There are, all, or there are more reasons to keep it than to return it. It was a mistake on their behalf. I'll have to go out of my way, pay an Uber, blah, 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 take my time. What should I do? I think this is an easy answer. Just keep it? Yeah. <laughs> I would, too. It's the company's mistake. And when something as big as Best Buy, like, a huge corporation, like, they're not going to miss it, you know? Mm-hmm. The only thing that sucks is that you pour, like you paid for a game that you now have to either repay for or you could, like, either sell the thing that they gave you and then, like, use that money to buy Honestly, I feel like even – I don't feel like this has actually happened to me, but I feel like most companies – own up to like oh we made this mistake like I feel like even if you were to like reach out to the company and let them know they'd be like they might just honestly be like okay you can keep it and then we'll send you what you also ordered like sometimes companies will do that because they messed up and then that's their way of like making it up I guess I would say otherwise you could email them and say like hey I never got this game but then they could maybe like backdrop and figure out like oh wait something did get sent to your apartment can you send it back or something but I think like if you just didn't want to send it back like that would be totally fine I guess (laughs) I don't want to, like, expose myself or anything, but this does <laughs> remind me of something that happened to us. But I feel like we were morally, like, Oh, the fine. YouTube plaque? Thing? Yeah. We actually might have said this in a vlog. I don't know. This is somewhat similar, but... So, when you get a million subscribers on YouTube, YouTube sends you a gold play button. And so, obviously, when we hit a million, we got one. And we hung it up, and after, like, a month or something, it had... I don't know how to describe how it broke, but you're just gonna have to tr- have to trust me. It There's broke a in some way, and then, shape, like, or the front form. shadow box was falling down. Yeah, like it was broken. So, like, we were thinking it was going top. to like fall off our wall, and so I reached back out to YouTube and said, "Hey, our thing is broken. Would you be able to like send us another one?" And they were very much like, "Yes, we can do that. We will send you one, and then could you please put the old one in the box and send it back?" And so they sent it. We got the new one. So at this point, we have two gold play buttons. And I was kind of like... What if I just don't send it back? Here's the thing. We have... There's three of us. We have two different houses. And I was kind of like, what are they going to do with it? Like, they can't give it to someone else. The gold play button is engraved with our name. They were just going to, like, I don't know, throw it away probably. And I get the purpose. I think that they just just don't want want, a ton of play buttons circulating. But we intended to keep both of them. So I was like, here's the opportunity to have one. And us the opportunity to have one. So here's what I decided. I was like, I'm going to keep the box. And if they reach back out to me, like having expected to have gotten the other one back, say, and they like email me back saying, hey, have you sent this back yet? Then I would return it. And I would be like, okay, yeah, I was getting to it. Here's, I'm sending it now. I'll start now. <laughs> um, but they never emailed me like at all ever again after I heard from them. 
So we just kept both the play buttons. And then we gave the broken one to Maggie and then her dad fixed it. So now we both have two intact play buttons. So I think it honestly worked out perfectly. Exactly. I'm kind Sometimes of like... Sometimes things just happen the way they're supposed to happen. Yeah, exactly. That was just my personal take on it, though. I do have one more that I forgot uh, when I was, like, just going around a bunch of stuff. This is, like, more of a wide-scale moral dilemma, I guess, but I thought it'd be fun to throw in with our... We just have, like, real-life ones from Reddit, theoretical ones, popular ones. So this is um, an article from news, newscientist.com. So here's the issue. Should we colonize other planets? And then this is kind of what they say about it. So... Next stop, Mars. Space agencies and private companies alike plan to send humans to, red, to the Red Planet in the next decade with the idea of permanent settlements, settlements twinkling in the future. As the technical challenges of such missions are conquered one by one, it's past time to ask, is taking over another world the right thing to do? This question, like so many ethical quandaries, comes down to rights. Does life on other worlds have the same rights as life, as life on Earth? What if it's just microbes, and what if there's no life at all? Do humans have the right to leave muddy footprints on pristine planets, potentially stamping out future civilizations before they arise? There's this idea lurking behind all this that the universe has a natural way of doing things, and that humans come in and mess it up, says Kelly Smith, a philosopher at Clemson University. But Smith says humans are also part of the, part of the natural world, and not everything we do is bad, so, so a human settlement might enhance nature's pristine splendor rather than ruin it. That's kind of all I'll read right now. Darwinism, baby. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah, if we can go and conquer, then that's how freaking, like, life on Earth was developed anyways. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's interesting that she brought up, because I've also had this thought, too. Like, I think it's interesting she brought up humans are natural, too. It's not like we invented ourselves. Like, we evolved, or if you are faithful and believe in, you know, like, Jesus putting us on Earth, whatever it may be. Like, we ended up here on Earth. And we've just like every developed technology. We've you know, done everything to get to where things are now, and sure, like, there's some good to that, there's some bad to that. And it's kind of like, if that's kind of like the natural process in a way, like, things are just continuing to happen, humans are continuing to do things, is it really bad to keep going? Like, maybe it is, like, what if it was, like, intended for us to, like, go to other planets? I'm just saying, like, you never know. I don't know. I, do I get think what you're saying. I think, like, it's not really, like, to me, a moral problem because, like, just like how we, you know, colonized the entire planet, like, we used technology that we had available, and, like, it's like going from continent continent to continent. I guess there was issues with that, you know, like, the whole Columbus thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe you could argue that way, but, like, there were no issues in terms of colonizing the whole planet in yeah. terms of people. So, like, what's the difference between continent to continent and, like, planet to planet? Especially when... I feel like people would have even less of an issue with that if it were There's just, no, like, like living microbes or nothing that... Like, not life that is comparable to humans. Um, yeah. So I think the idea of that, like, I don't love the idea of that because I'm just, like, imagine a world where people are starting to, like, move to Mars and live there. Just weirds me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it could be, like, where the future has to go. I don't know. Imagine being, just, like, when they talk about this, like, they're would be people that had to, like, live their whole lives mm-hmm. on a spaceship. That is so weird to me. Yeah. Anyway, that's not relevant. Uh, that did remind me of another moral dilemma that I saw, though, so I don't know if I screenshotted it, but I do remember it off the top of my head. So there's this option where you have to, there is, like, no, like, oh, I won't press the button at all, but, like, you have to make a choice, essentially. So you can either uh, kill one child that's, like, in, like, you know them, and they, like, die, like, a slow, painful death. Or you can have an entire civilization that's, like, fully conscious and developed on another planet, like, fully disappear, but it won't be, like, painful or, like, they just, like, disappear. Hmm. But they're fully conscious, like, essentially humanoid beings. For me, this is unfortunately very easy. (laughs) I know. It's easy to, like, if it stays hidden and you don't feel like you did anything, it's easy to... Say, oh, that Say, choice. Like, okay, that one. Doesn't matter. And it's I like, think this would be harder if they it's said... It's always kind of like, because when I think of, like, dying, it's like, I do believe in heaven, but it's also hard for me to comprehend, like, not just feeling like you don't exist. And if they were just gone like that, it's kind of like, would That's, they even know? Like, you can't even think about not being there. But then this is when I start, like, being, like, getting to, like, religious stuff, and, like, I don't even fully know... What I think, you know what, it's this hard. is like something funny that I saw. I don't know where I saw it, but I have no idea where <clears throat> this is from. 
but someone was like, why are people so afraid of dying? Like, you already experienced nothingness before you were born, so it's just, like, the same thing. That's true, though. Like, that's kind of high. <laughs> like, you weren't anything before you were alive. You weren't even, like, hardly anything when you were a baby, because you don't remember anything when you were a baby. So it's, like, even though it seems so wrong to kill, like, that many people, and, like, seeing someone you know. It almost feels know, weird to call it death or, like, killing them, right? Yeah. If they're just, like, disappearing. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be honestly harder if it was, like, an entire civilization, like, on Earth. Yeah. Because I'd be like, That'd be Whoa. much harder. Where I almost feel like, since it's closer, you can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Like, you'd have to, like, kill the one person. Because, like, if an entire human civili- civilization was gone, then that would mess up, like, the whole planet. Mm-hmm. In which case, I'm like, we have to do the greater good. <laughs> yeah. So, I thought that one was an interesting one. But if you had any others, because, like, if you I have enough have to keep going, then I won't even bother trying to look for more. <laughs> I do have more. So, this one is titled, Selling Alcohol to Pregnant Women. So, I've had this issue for a while. been working my, at my job for two years at a liquor store, and it has its ups and downs. I don't really care about your job. <laughs> um, and so, it says, some, says, sometimes they have to serve alcohol to pregnant women. Um, I'm sure there are situations where it's fine because it's obviously for their, or for their partner or something, which, how would that be obvious? I don't really know. Unless they're assuming, like, oh, only men drink beer. I don't know. Um, But when you see someone buy a cask of wine while pregnant, you can kind of guess what their plans are. Um, I hate serving them when I know they are endangering another life, but legally I can't refuse service. Um, I can't give them a talking to. All I can do is watch them slowly deform this thing growing up. I hate this person's question. They're making a lot of assumptions. Sure, they could be like, this person's buying wine. Like, I know for sure what they're going to be doing. And I'm not saying that. In no situations could you have, like, a good guess of, like, this is not a good person. But, first of all, you're assuming that someone's pregnant, which, you know, may or may not be easy to you, which, like, I think you're not supposed to, like, assume people are pregnant anyway. So, like, how do you awkwardly bring up you're pregnant and you're buying sure, alcohol? you should be doing that. And what if she's like, I'm not pregnant? <laughs> That'd be awkward. So, I just feel like, what if she had, like, what if she's going to a girl's night, she offered to buy the alcohol, and... So that's where she's going, and she's not planning on drinking any of it. Like, you don't, if you don't know someone's situation, I don't feel like it's appropriate at all to step in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really don't think that you can, like, make the choice to, like, refuse to sell that to someone. Because, again, like you said, you can't make assumptions about who the alcohol is for. You can, like, kind of hope that it's not for them. Because, obviously, you don't want pregnant women to be drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. But... I just don't think it's necessarily that person's place. And also, if you refuse to sell them, I get that would clear your conscience, but they would likely just go somewhere else and buy it. Mm-hmm. So you're not really changing the anything. Outcome. Yeah. All right. So, I guess... Pick, like, your best one or two more. Oh, God, I don't know how many I have left. Okay, this one's kind of interesting, I guess. This is titled, Exercising Dating. Hello, I was just, 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 oh my god. Hello, I was just destroyed from a really bad date. Actually, maybe she wasn't the right person, but also definitely my quote-unquote end game of the date was not very good. Um, so then his dilemma is, I would love to improve, and since I was hurt, don't want to do the same to someone else. On the other hand, when I plan, or what is he saying? Some people, I don't know. Are not great at writing. On the other out. hand, my plan would be just date as much as possible and try to improve my skills without the real intention to coming to a close or something. To a close, like no Basically, intention of actually getting in. Their idea is: would it be morally acceptable for them to just like literally Use. exercise dating and like go on a bunch of first dates to improve their dating skills? Um, I don't think it's the nicest thing to do, but I guess theoretically, if it's a one first date thing and like there's not much more leading on after that then there's nothing wrong with that yeah I think as long as you're like you go do the first date practice it and then you're like okay cut it off because like people do that anyways you know what I mean that's what I'm saying I think that it is fine for him to do the only weird thing is that if he's doing it to practice or she I don't know if it's a boy or girl I would just assume it's a guy because he's talking about like finishing the date which I feel like is usually a guy's move um so we'll just assume it's a him and sorry if I'm wrong but like you would think the better he would get at that, then, like, the more it would lead Word. into a second date. Yeah. Which I feel like would and be then unnatural what if, the if he was like, like, never mind, goodbye. Yeah. So you have to decide 
after the date, like immediately, he's like, was that good enough practice and should I ask for a I second date? A better approach would be like, sure, go on as many dates as you want. And then like, if it does end well, yeah. keep it going, you know, mm-hmm. like why? Why think off? so consciously about having to practice like X many number of dates in order to improve better when like. Because like a date it, is still That's a date. how it goes, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he's <laughs> saying. That's how you date. <laughs> like, if it goes bad, you say, yikes, never mind. And if it goes well, you say, all right, let's, you know, go for date two. So I don't think. He could literally think the same thing and just, like, if it goes bad, be like, yikes, never mind. I was just practice for my next one. Yeah, exactly. But then if it goes well and he did enjoy the person, then the only, like, I guess bad thing would be maybe he'd accept a lot of dates that he normally wouldn't accept. And he'd be like, I'm not interested in this girl anyways. But then, like, if the date goes well, he'd be like, well, I'm not interested, I guess. I don't know. So maybe that would be the only issue is, like, accepting more dates than he would plan to, like, see through. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. You know. It's a, something that a lot of people do, I guess. Um, <laughs> Let's do one more, Sierra. Okay, let me find my best one. Um, okay, I think this is probably the best one. So, is it morally okay to vaccinate a child without their parents' knowledge? Their idea was to hold some sort of anti-vax summer camp and just oh vaccinate all the kids there. Ugh, this is something I love, but that I'm going to end up having to yeah (sighs) i am so pro vaccination you guys like i can't even explain how much it bothers me when like people choose not to get vaccinated just because like i know there's exceptions where people are immunocompromised but that's That's why they usually brought up is that if you were to force someone to get vaccinated you have no way of knowing Mm -hmm. if that child is one of those immunocompromised individuals who actually be negatively affected by by vaccination um obviously i think the answer to this is no, but I do think, on the other hand, it's kind of like, you're kind of doing the greater good because vaccinations work, like, they do what they're supposed to, and so theoretically that would be a good thing, but it still is like you're going against other people's freedoms and... Destroying their bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm very pro-vaccination, and I am anti-anti-vaccination, <laughs> and, like, obviously, I think that when people say that, that people get um, frustrated if they are immunocompromised or have or it's negative like parents of immunocompromised children. Yeah, if they have negative side effects, and when you say you're pro-vaccination or against anti-vax, then people think that you're like against them, even though they can't. And like that's not the case. It's just that you are for people that can get vaccinated to get vaccinated to build and that's her what, immunity to protect those who cannot <clears throat> get vaccinated or those like elderly, young, young yeah. babies like they can't get vaccinated. <clears throat> so it's our job to get vaccinated to build up herd immunity so that. Those people are protected, yeah. and the virus isn't within the population also, or whatever. I don't say I'm, like, a doctor or anything. Like, I'm not the most knowledgeable right, person <laughs> about vaccinations, but I have at least taken, like, microbiology, which I think is more than most people do or can say about, like, how much they've researched vaccinations because the internet is not a place where you can just learn about vaccines and stuff. But they're very, very safe, you guys. I'm not saying it's impossible for them to be dangerous, but they are very safe. So, that is my two cents. All right, is that it? Yeah. Unless you had a really good one that you. I mean, I literally only had like one more screenshotted. If you just want to like. Okay, might as well. Okay, this is titled "Is This Cheating?" I'm a mom of a 13 year old in eighth grade. Last night she was doing her homework on her computer. The type of homework question that's an answer box with like a fill in the blank kind of thing, so I have to type the answer. Uh, She realized during the course of her homework by accident that if she right clicked and highlighted in the answer box. That the answer to the question appears highlighted in white font, which you can initially or you cannot initially see when just writing in the answers. She realized she actually got quite a few of the answers wrong and adjusted them accordingly. Should we tell the teacher? Did she cheat by changing the answers? I'm not sure what to do. She'll definitely have more homework like this in this format for the rest of the school year. What would you do? I think that for that I think specific as a child assignment, and a parent, your answers would be different. Huh? I'm like, if I was the child, I'd be like. I'm just going to take this to my advantage. I think, well, yeah. I think that, honestly, if I was the teacher and, like, they were coming back and telling me this information, that I would just grade the assignments as is and, like, you have to adjust the assignments coming up. I do think it would kind of be appropriate to tell the teacher, especially as a parent, that the setup that you're doing is, like, not working because people are just going to be getting the exact same answers as you because they can see them. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of, like... I've used quizlets and stuff on bio quizzes that you're theoretically 
you know, supposed to be just reading the book through, but I go on Quizlet and find the answers to them because people put those exact same questions down, and I just use their answers, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the same thing. Like, use your resources. Yeah, I think that and as It's almost a parent- like you're given the answer right there if you're highlighting it to delete whatever you're writing. Or, like, it'd be, I feel like it'd be hard to not find it. Therefore, like, are you just supposed to literally ignore it? How are you supposed to just ignore it? You know yeah. what I mean? I think, like, eventually it'd, like, come out, and, like, after, like, halfway through the, through the school year, the t- teacher's like, shoot. <laughs> yeah. How have you guys have been cheating on your uh, All of you guys homework? have been saying exactly what I said is my answer. How have you been doing that? But I think that definitely, like, as a parent, if you reached out, I do think it would be the morally correct thing as the teacher to let the first assignment kind of, like, slide by and, like, not change. I mean, like, they wouldn't know what to change it to anyways. Yeah. how would they know you got wrong? But I would say, like, either, like, you know, let the first time and, like, be like, goodbye, we're not grading that, and then start over. I feel like they could do that if yeah. they fixed it, you know? But I do think you should tell them because it would be impossible f- It would be impossible for your child to not look at the answers, and you still want them to learn something mm-hmm. and not just depend on, like, oh, the answer's going to be there. Yeah. So, yeah, that was All the last right. one. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think it was kind of fun to do something a little bit different because we have not done something like this before. So if you have any other episode suggestions that are somewhat in this realm that we could talk about, then let us know on our Instagram post that we'll be posting for this episode. Also, make sure you guys like the podcast, subscribe. You can't like it, but you can subscribe <laughs> and rate and leave some reviews if you'd like on the um, iTunes. iTunes podcast app thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would really mean a lot to us. We also have merch that you can check out in our Instagram bio, or you can, I think, do... Check, check that out in our episode details, or also there's, like, a support the show type link. I think it's also linked there. Um, but we have sweatshirts, t-shirts, stickers. and stickers, so you can check all those out. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and we will talk to you next week. Bye! Bye.